What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago. Should Riot Fest get a permit for Douglas Park? Parking meters continue to net record profits. And lead producer Simone Alisei and I are going through some very silly Chicago rankings. It's Wednesday, June 14th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Good morning, Simone. Welcome back to the mic, my friend. Hey, Jacoby. How are you? I am doing fine. We got some great things to talk about, uh, but we're going to start with neighbors gathered in Douglas Park to protest Riot Fest yet again ahead of today's Park District meeting, considering whether or not to give a permit approval for the September Music Festival. Uh, we asked our CityCast listeners and Hey Chicago readers to weigh in on how they felt about Riot Fest coming back to Douglas Park. But before we jump into that, Simone, remind us what's the conflict here? Here over in North Lawndale. Yeah, this has been ongoing um, pretty much since Riot Fest moved from Humboldt Park to Douglas Park. Many residents have been upset that the fest takes up their park for, for part of the summer. Um, you know, it's not just those few days in September when the fest is going, but also, you know, there's teardown and there's and there's setup, which means that people don't have access to the park. It also, you know, it's a big music festival with a lot of people there, so it can be really loud. So what, like 50,000 every single day? Yeah. And so, you know, up until recently, Riot Fest wasn't the only music festival taking place at Douglas Park. Uh, Riot Fest has been there for the past seven years, but we'd also seen Heatwave, Lyrical Lemonade uh, also at Douglas Park. But those two fests ended up leaving this year in part due to complaints from residents. And right now, the only the only fest that's still that's still there is Riot Fest. But neighbors are still you know, upset and still, you know, are trying to see if maybe they can uh, get the, get a permit denied for for the music festival. Um, and I would say that those opinions were reflected uh, when we polled Hey Chicago readers last week. Yeah, we have been following this since the start of CityCast Chicago. Uh, and about a month ago when Riot Fest announced their lineup, which features the Foo Fighters, the Postal Service, the Cure, a lot of residents were like, Y'all don't even have a permit yet. Of course, Riot Fest came back and said, like many festivals of this size, many events of this size, they had gotten conditional approval from the park district. Uh, but that final permit had, had yet to be established. And they say they've held more community meetings. They say they've listened to the public a little bit more. They say they've added, you know, additional funding to clean up the park, that they'll move speakers away from the hospital, which is a huge concern for people in the neighborhood. But it just seems like a ton of residents near Douglas Park in the Lawndale neighborhood. Really, this is zero sum for them. We don't want concessions. We want you to pack up and to dip. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much like I said, the conclusion that Hey Chicago readers came to as well. Anton A told us Riot Fest has not been a good neighbor to the community. Their festival is a microcosm of the generational and systemic injustices and divestment in Lawndale. And I think that's another thing to keep in mind here, right, is the particular location of Douglas Park in the city. I think you know, we have had conversations on the show about music fests in general. We're going to be talking more about music fests later this week in our summer entertainment guide. But we have talked about sort of the impact on downtown, for example, when Grant Park and Millennium Park are taken up. But those complications are compounded in some of these neighborhoods that are clamoring for business investment, for example, that are clamoring for more programming, uh, maybe in those parks that are for those residents. Um, For its part, Riot Fest has sort of tried to renew its efforts to bring local businesses into the fest, you know, actually get, you know, neighborhood vendors to be there during the festival. And they are um, sort of doubling down on that kind of outreach. But uh, what you hear from neighbors is that it's not enough. You know, Especially for a community like Lawndale, the park serves even like more of a community need. And and it's not to compare like a, a Douglas Park to a Grant Park, right? Local sports teams want to use both parks, right? Residents want to be able to walk through both parks. But, you know, regardless of how you spin it, there are more options for residents who live downtown to involve themselves in other entertainment, to do other outdoor activities. When we start talking about a Lawndale, this, this is a huge gem to this community. This is their sort of outdoor respite uh, in a way that it is, you know, just lacking in the neighborhood. Yeah. Gregory B. told us, uh, you know, he sort of describes that a private for-profit fest takes the park for half the summer, snarls traffic, it's getting in and out of the neighborhood extremely difficult and is extremely loud and disrespectful. This event flat out sucks for the locals. Um, so, but one thing I, I do think is really interesting and something else that we had a reader tell us is, you know, we also talk about over the course of Chicago summer, where we're talking about tourists and bringing people in and bringing new people to Chicago, wanting them to not just be downtown, right? We don't want all of this like fun economic activity, this, these big events. Like if you concentrate them all downtown, A, there are people who live downtown and like, you know, they've got to, they've got to get to the grocery store and stuff too. But also B, like, it doesn't allow people to see all of Chicago. And that's something that Shelly H told us. She said, I think it's important for people to see parts of Chicago that aren't downtown. I think bringing people into the neighborhoods helps them see Chicago is a vibrant, diverse, and safe city, which I think is a compelling argument. You know, I don't, maybe not necessarily for Riot Fest in particular, but certainly having some of these festivals outside of Northerly Island, outside of Grant Park, outside of Millennium Park to, to, you know, have something that will kind of attract folks to those neighborhoods, you hope. I mean, one of the reasons and ways I'm able to experience so many different neighborhoods in Chicago, especially during the summer, is it is so easy to go look at our events calendar, see what little street festivals are taking place, whether it's West Fest over in West Town, whether I'm in Roscoe village getting burger fest you know jeff fest all the way up in jefferson park so i agree and so we definitely want to be bringing people into lawndale coming into the community experiencing douglas park but like you said you know using a private for-profit festival as the major 
sort of driving uh, force to bring outside Chicagoans into a neighborhood, bringing tourists into a neighborhood. I just don't think it is as you know, compelling for the people who live there. It's a great reason to to visit the neighborhood, but it shouldn't come at the sacrifice of the people who call it home every single day. The other thing I'll say, Jacoby, too, is like, I do think those neighborhood fests are great and it's great to put attention on them. But the fact of the matter is, is like, if I am, you know, living really far away from Lawndale, either I'm in the suburbs or I'm way up on the north side or, or what, or I'm coming in from out of town, the Foo Fighters are going to attract me more, right? When I hear that name, facts, than facts. than you know, uh, whatever. Uh, not again, not to uh, discount our local talent, which is awesome and like so great. But the fact of the matter is, it's a more recognizable name um, that I can kind of latch onto. So I do think it's a it's it's a tough debate. I think the park district's in in a, a really tough situation, just given the amount of pressure that they are under. So it will be interesting to see how they vote uh, later today. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you could transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Another story we're watching this week is Chicago parking meters are back in the news because they continue to net record profits, right? Which might be good news for the overall economy. More people outside, more people downtown. But for Chicagoans, one, we are seeing those dollars directly. And it reminds us of what we believe is one of the worst deals made by a Chicago mayor in recent years. Simone, for people who might not be familiar, can you explain why the parking meter deal pisses Chicagoans off so much? Right. So number one, people don't like paying for parking. So I think let's just get that out of the way right off the bat. Uh, but the the real issue here is um, under former Mayor Richard M. Daley, he made a deal to privatize parking meters, uh, some garages, and also the Skyway. Um, and basically, it means that when you're paying that five, six, seven dollars to park, whatever it is, depending on where you are, those dollars aren't going directly to the city. It's not like you're paying the city to then reinvest in in transportation infrastructure, for example. You're paying that money to private investors because they run the the parking meters. The deal was sort of made as as a sort of short-term solution to some budget problems we were having uh, in the 2000s. Um, you know, part of it influenced by, if you listened to our conversation earlier this week about pensions and Chicago's mm -hmm. pension funds, uh, you know, Daly didn't want to raise property taxes. And this was a deal that, that sort of uh, 
gave us some some short-term cash on that, but it was passed very quickly. You know, alders were sort of taken by surprise. Uh, it was very kind of under the table. People didn't know what was going on. And now what has happened since is those private, that private company, not only have they recouped their uh, original investment, their entire $1.16 billion investment- With a B, big B. With a B, right? That's the original investment. They've gotten that back, plus they've made $530 million more since that deal went into effect. And that is money that is not coming to the city of Chicago. Jesus. And, and y'all, like, this was a 75-year lease. When we start talking about selling off public goods, whether it's space for parking, whether we're talking about skyways, whether we're talking about water in the city, we're always looking at deals that are 50, 60, 75 years. It only took them 15 years with a global pandemic sprinkled on top for them to make back their entire billion-dollar purchase and get about make about half of that in in revenue in that time. And again, this is one of those moments that consistently feels like it just smacks Chicagoans in the face because this is money that's not going to the city. And let's connect it to other things. When you think about a street festival, when you think about a music festival, when those parking spots are taken up by a festival, by some 18 wheeler, the city still has to pay the company for that. It's not just that we're not seeing the money from these parking meters. It's also that our tax dollars still end up going back to this company uh, by way of the city have to paying uh, to pay for taking up spots. So there, there is a, a clear reason why when Chicagoans look at one of the over 36,000 parking meter spaces in the city, they give that extra bit of frustration. It's not just that we don't want to pay the rates that have only gone up, Right. You're looking at the average of about $2.50 per hour and $7 hourly downtown. It's not just that we don't want to pay that. It's that we know we were sort of sold down the river about 15 years ago. And I think the other thing that's tough about this is, as you said, it's a 75-year lease. We still have 60 years left on that lease. And so far, other mayors have only kind of been able to make adjustments on the margin, but it, it it will be interesting to see what, if anything, Mayor Brandon Johnson tries to do on this, because as you said, it's sort of a universally despised uh, policy in the city, um, but there's really only so much uh, you can do once the deal is inked. All right, before we wrap up this conversation, we have to talk about some of the, the funny emails we get here at CityCast, right? We get a lot of press releases with random rankings about Chicago. I can't say they're exactly reliable, but we wanted to share some recent ones that made us laugh or go, what the hell are you talking about? And I want to start with one <laughs> that is, again, kind of connected to the conversation we've been having this week, but its own category, and that's cycling in the city, right? We talked about how to make biking and getting around the city safer for everyone involved, but Simone, a press release came out that says Chicago ranks in the top 10 for a particular type of cycling. Uh, what is that? Yeah, so Chicago, according to lawn care uh, company Lawn Starter, which does a variety of local city stuff, like this. Chicago is seventh in the country for naked bike riding. I don't even know how you get data on that, my G. I don't even know how you find out about that. 
So they looked at a bunch of different things. They looked at, for example, um, weather, uh, you know, and particularly weather during the summer. So, so, you know, there's sort of the, some of the cities that did really well have great weather all year round, but certainly not all of them. Uh, number one was Philly, for example. Number two was Portland. So the other thing they kind of looked at was, <laughs> do you have a big naked bike ride, some kind of big event? And are people searching for that event? And Chicago does. Uh, there's a world naked bike ride happening in Chicago on June 24th. So it's coming up very soon. Um, it's very big. You can find pictures uh, around the internet on Facebook. And then they also looked up sort of nudist friendliness, um, talking about, you know, public nudity laws and like how often are those laws in force. Um, Chicago and, and Illinois do have public indecency laws, but it's like highly discretionary as to whether those are enforced. And so for an event like the Naked Bike Parade, for example, if you're not being overtly sexual, if you are, you know, not drinking and, and making a ruckus, like probably no one's going to bat an eye at you and you can, uh, you know, go out, uh, biking with, uh, with nudity. They also looked at like bike safety and bike infrastructure in general. And Chicago <laughs> is, uh, often voted fairly highly on that front. We do, you know, we're flat, so it's easy to bike. We do have at least some network of bike lanes, um, and biking paths that, that make biking really attractive in the city. And as we've said, you know, during the summer, lots of people are out on bikes. So, you know, we've got high biking, we've got great summer weather most of the time. Uh, and our public indecency laws, um, you know, aren't as strict, aren't as enforced as maybe they are in some other places. I mean, you made a, a really good argument for why Chicago is a great place for next. Just to be real, you're not going to catch me out there. And it has nothing to do with some sort of sensitivity to nudity. It just seems like the biking is already in some ways uncomfortable on certain right. parts of the body. Oh, and so yeah. just directly exposing your ass to a bike seat <laughs> just seems like you asking for trouble, no matter how much like padding you have on that thing. That just feels like the pressure is just like smacking you on the butt. And then, you know, I'm already sweating from my head to think that just my entire body is just like leaving sweat all on my bike as I ride. That just that, that ju that doesn't seem appealing to me at all. And let's get past it. What if you hit that ground? What oh, if yeah. you fall off that bike? Yeah. Like, come on, like already the shirt in the shorts or the shirts in the in the in the joggers aren't doing a lot. You know, everybody still wear your helmet, but like if your bare body hits that rough concrete, I'm like, do I help you up? Do I, do I, do I, how do, you gotta how do help I do him I up, Jacoby. You of course be I'm nice. gonna help you up, but I'm like, but it just, it just seems like he's creating way more cons than pros in this moment to be out here, you know, just, just letting it fly for the bike. But hey, Chicago apparently ranks seventh. Uh, but if you wanna go on a bike ride, if you wanna come out on a bike ride, even with me, you know, we ain't gonna be naked, but there is a nice bike event coming up the Juneteenth. Black Joyride starting at Grant Park at 11 o'clock on Monday, June 19th. And we're riding all the way till DuSable, uh, fully clothed, helmets, wear your elbow, your knee pads if you need them. Uh, but I will see you then uh, fully clothed, my friends. We'll drop a link in the show notes for you as well. Uh, so, so oh, what are some other press releases that we have gotten recently? One that caught my eye because I wasn't sure I agreed with it. Um, we got uh, in our inbox uh, saying that Illinois is the 10th most romantic state 
in the country. Most romantic. This is from a jewelry company. Mm. Um, and what they did is they analyzed Google search data over the last year, looking for a bunch of different terms and how frequently they were searched. And some of those terms include engagement rings, romantic getaways, florists, romantic restaurants, and uh, Illinois ranked really highly on all those searches. My first question is, who is above us? So I went and looked up a list. I'm not sure if it's the same list, but on the one I found, we were ranked seventh. Number one was West Virginia, my dog. Number one on this other list was New Jersey. So I... Right, New Jersey is number two on this list. Yeah, I'm right? skeptical. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we got any West Virginia listeners, any New Jersey listeners, but honestly, I can't understand possibly why West Virginia. New- I'm not sure what's going on in Pennsylvania that makes them so them like so like they're aggressive. It's the city. I don't know. Philly's the city of brotherly love. Like, no, I don't know. New York. All right. I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, I've been, Skinny Atlas is gorgeous. I mean, literally every romantic comedy is is set in New York. So I get New York. That's fine. Yeah, but the state. But if you get to upstate New York, right, you you get out to, to your skinny Alice, they got some nice things there. But I will say, I'm not shocked that Illinois ranks in, you know, the top 20% of America. Because even as we've done more coverage and I've gotten out of my Chicago bubble, because I already think Chicago is hella romantic. But when I think about Illinois, right, when you think about the biodiversity, Right, we got some tucked out waterfalls. We have some really cool road trip opportunities around the state, and, and, and so I can understand, you know, where people can can find the romance in Illinois and Chicago. But I got a huge problem with some of these states that are ahead of us. I've been to West Virginia before. I've been there. It, it's nothing, nothing at all. Sure, they got elevation. Jacoby, though, here's what I want to ask you is, do you think these search terms that, that are mentioned, engagement rings, romantic getaways, florists, romantic restaurants, are though, do you think they're a good indicator of how romantic a place is? I don't think engagement rings counts. I don't. Yeah, I, think I agree. That's, that's like basing, you know, how much can people in a particular state afford homes based on the houses they looking up on Zillow? I look up houses on Zillow. I can't afford all the time. <laughs> that data is not helpful. And so again, but, but getaways, yeah. restaurants and floors, I'd say yes, only because as somebody who tries to plan all three of these things, they do just take a, a, a extra step of effort. And I think one of the things that makes something romantic is the thought and the effort put into it. Um, and so if you're if you're trying to figure out where to get good flowers from, if you're trying to figure out the best getaways, the best trips to take someone on. Wh- what does my city think are, are romantic restaurants? I do think you're you're at least trying. And I know some people who they won't even do a Google search to try and give their significant other a new experience. And so Thanks. I will take something from those last three search terms. But engagement rings. Nah. Uh, Simone, this was a fantastic conversation. Love talking to you every single week. Thanks, Jacoby. Before I let you go, one quick reminder, head over to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm to subscribe. You don't need me to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's the best damn newsletter in Chicago. We'll be back here tomorrow bright and early with the best damn podcast in the city. I'll talk to you then. Peace. Energy! <laughs> <laughs>